So I love experimenting. It's been my word of the year. Yeah. And going back to the imposter syndrome thing, this this kills imposter syndrome. If you think of everything as an experiment and you're gathering data yes. to make a better decision, the pressure is off. Like totally. you feel, like it's so liberating. You can do anything you want, and it's all an experiment. And if it works out, you're you're awesome. And if it doesn't work out, great, you've learned something for the next iteration. You can yeah. do it better next time. Love it, love it. I love that mindset. It's awesome. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and we're about to roll into an epic episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Thanks for tuning in. That voice you heard there is Jasmine Andrews. She's one of our members from Sydney here in Australia and she's been having some amazing success lately. So I asked her to get on the show and to spill the beans. She is working from home. She is a mum of two working out of her spare room. She's generated multiple six figures in revenue this year alone and we're only just over halfway through, and she's avoiding burnout by working with fewer clients. Tune in as she tells us exactly how she's doing this. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of, of, of coaches and mentors and we have hundreds and by the time you're listening to this, probably thousands of members all over the world. But it still really is something that I'm very passionate about. And, and of course, if you join WP Elevation, we make revenue and we make profit. So it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it. And partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Sydney, Jasmine Andrews. Hey Jasmine, how you doing? Hey, great, thanks Troy, how are you? Thanks for joining us here. Uh, we've got a pretty special story to tell. For those that um, don't know you, just give us a bit of a background on who you are and where you're from and how long you've been doing this crazy thing called running your own business. <laughs> um, well, I started running my own business at about end of 2011, around the time my first child was born. Wow. Um, so it's it's sort of, that's quite a while now, actually, when you think about it. Um, it still feels like it's kind of new. Um, before that, I was doing a lot of contracting work in IT, um, a lot of corporate application rollouts for banks and insurance companies and things like this, working with business analysts and um, change management teams to drive um, documentation stuff lots of writing lots of nerdy stuff mm. um bit of internet work and things like this so um i moved across into wordpress at around um beginning of 2012 um i had been using it for personal projects before then but as a business thing it didn't it, it didn't really start to about 2012 um how did you get your first client my first client came as a referral from my previous life as a tech writer. Uh -huh. um, they wanted, so what they wanted was to update one of their books 
and um, because I had the background of writing and editing, I, I managed the content for the book and then managed the conversion to a Kindle format and got it listed in the Amazon shop. Mm. And then we took them from a website which had a bunch of separate individual pages for each book that they were selling to um, he just people still called it a, just a shopping cart back in those days. It wasn't really yeah. <laughs> never really thought, oh, I actually want to have an online store on my site. Um, so with a brand new baby in my arms, 24 <laughs> hours a day, I taught myself WooCommerce and enough PHP to customize it to do some pretty cool things. Um, and not gonna lie, it was <laughs> it was a bit scary. <laughs> I don't think I knew what I was doing. Um, but we had a great site in the end of it. And um, I think on launch day, I think they hit $10,000 in sales. Wow. Above what they normally would do. They'd normally have people um, just give up after doing two or three orders. But now they could actually hit all, you know, all half dozen books or so in one order. Wow. Um, so that was that was a really good feeling. So I think things grew from there. Very cool. And um, we were chatting, in the interest of complete transparency, we were chatting recently because you've been posting some success stories in our community group. And so fast forward, uh, one of the kind of catchphrases that we came up with here is, and one of the things we wanted to talk to you about was how you've increased your revenue to multiple six figures and avoided burnout by working with fewer clients from your spare room, right? Yes. Which is, so you're still, so fast forward to 2018, yeah. you're still, you're working from home, yeah? Yeah. Uh, you're a, you're a mum, yeah. Yes, and I have two kids. And I have two kids, and um, so how have you done this? Like, what what's been the key driver in you going from starting out not knowing what you're doing, building a shopping cart for someone selling some books, to now being in this position where business is pretty good? And uh, what's what's been the the key thing that's made a difference? Do you think? Um. I was highly motivated to not keep on making the same mistakes because <laughs> they were really burning me out and uh, costing me a lot of money. Really, I was, I was making losses um, for a couple of years. And then um, I think I had enrolled in uh, WP Elevation for a short period when it was fairly new, but um, I decided to withdraw from it because I hadn't had time to implement everything and um, had a second baby coming and it was all just a bit too much. Mm. And then... Uh, around October 2016, I think, mm -hmm. I enrolled again and just went for it. Um, and what what really changed things up for me was when I realised, look, that well, I was going to walk away from web design altogether because it just felt too um, all-encompassing and it felt like everybody was uh, competing as a web design as a commodity, that people were chasing you know, three to $500 sites and you mm -hmm. can't possibly you know support yourself on that kind of money so um going through the blueprint and doing a lot of work around the discovery process with the go wide go deep um process there i realized that's what i actually really enjoyed doing that was the part that my previous work experience had really set me up well for and it's what i really enjoyed it was sort of spending time with the clients and getting to know their business and getting to know what changes a new website would actually mean to them in real terms, what it's going to mean to their staff, to their customers, to how they see themselves, um, and also to sort of how much how much money they can make. Um, so I decided that um, I would start offering um, paid discovery as a service separate to web design. Mm. 
And alongside that was um, website reviews. So if you had an existing website and wanted to review um, your um, the amount of traffic you're getting and what sort of conversion rates you're getting, I was sort of selling that as a as a two part um, session uh, or sort of two session thing, and um, also just just paid discovery either on site or, or over Zoom, and that that's where things changed. <laughs> like, so this is a really way of. I call these wedge products. It's a way of getting your foot in the door, kind of wedging the the door open. You know, like the the old kind of um, the old kind of fable of the salesman who's getting thrown out of the shop. The door to door salesman is getting thrown out of the shop. You kind of stick your foot in the door and wedge it open and just kind of offer one last thing before they throw you out. And so, paid discovery, uh, SEO audits, conversion optimization audits. These are things that you can just they're they're kind of smaller ticket items that you can sell a client, build a relationship, over deliver, build some trust, and then they usually lead to larger projects. Absolutely. Once they start seeing the results that you can get them um, from from just, you know, the talking side of things, because everybody wants, they want the web developer to come in and fix my code so that it's better for Google or that I get more sales by changing this word to this word. It doesn't always work like that. People sort of don't value the um, the time it takes to sit there and just listen to them. So by positioning that listening as the product, mm. um, it's it's really changed how people sort of see the value that I can bring to them. But um, definitely, it's it's a it is a great sort of soft way in to um, new clients. But it doesn't have to necessarily um, lead to bigger projects. If you if you price it well um, and you have a the right approach to it, it it can be a, a product or service in and of itself, and it, and it can actually be very profitable because you can come in and you can have an engagement with a client that might last one week or it might just be that 90 minutes that you're um, on Zoom with them and that's it. Mm. Um, and so so, that's so, you, you, so you're getting paid for your time where previously you might just be going along and having a meeting with a client and they might pick your brain and you might unpack some of your IP and help them out with some of your experience and not get paid for that because the idea is then that you go write a proposal and pitch that in for the job. So instantly you're getting paid for those sessions and yes. they're valuing what they've learned in that session more because they're paying for it because they've got some skin in the game. Totally. Yeah. And they, they see it as a sunk cost. So they want to pre proceed with you. They don't want to say, well, we've spent X number of dollars so yeah. far with this engagement. It's sort of, well, let's let's keep it going. We actually want to start seeing some more results on it. Even though that they, they do, um, people do say, look, this is a huge amount of um, direction for us. We now have a strategy. We know what to do. So if they have the capacity to do it themselves, they can do it themselves. Or if they've got their own sort of offshore um, dev or whatever, they can sort of do some things. But Typically, it does turn into yeah they they do want to go ahead and it 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 does you, you raise a really important point I think that a, a trap that a lot of um, web consultants and web businesses get into is the time that you spend um, completely on spec going out and helping businesses um, they it's seen as like a sales call so you can't really charge for it but when yeah. you think about how much value you're giving and how much attention and energy you put into it you really ought to be getting compensated for that and not just if the project turns out, but just that, that process itself is, is really highly valuable. Yeah. Um, you talked about Go Wide, Go Deep. I do want to come back and touch on that a little bit later. But first of all, I want to talk about a couple of things that you've mentioned as well previously in our conversations is the importance of focusing on a niche and mm -hmm. or niche as our uh, American <laughs> counterparts call it and focusing on your sweet spot. And for you, your sweet spot has kind of become consulting, right? So 
So first of all, I want to talk about focusing on the niche. How did that come about for you? Um, for me, I think my my niche is broadly speaking very um, content driven and community driven sites, businesses that really rely on um, having to do a lot of education for their process um, and that content is part of the service they provide to their customers. Um, but within that as well, I think not-for-profits is an area that I have a lot of love for. Mm. And that love is something oh, that sounds really corny, but that love is a really important factor in this. Totally. If, if you don't like spending time with these people and if you don't passionately believe in what their their um, mission is, what they want to change, how they want to change the world, mm. you can't you can't serve them. You can't really give them everything you've got and help them achieve those results. Like you really need to be um, out there waving the flag for them. So um, I find not for profits are um, something that really align with with my desire to to bring my whole self to work every day. Yeah, totally. And the reason I ask that question is because a lot of people find. Um, you know, and you've just summed it up, like, you know, where you do good work and where your passion lies is usually a pretty good indicator as to where your niche might be. And a lot of people find the idea of niching down just completely terrifying. And I think it's <laughs> fear of missing out on everything else that yeah. prevents people from, from narrowing in on that niche. Um, but you have certainly found that it's helped you uh, with your focus and, and focusing your efforts on serving that niche. Now, that doesn't say, that doesn't mean, for example, that if an accounting firm walked in the door and said, hey, Jasmine, we need a website and we've got a good budget and it's a, you know, we've got our content organised and it's going to be a good project. I mean, would you say no to them because they're not a non-profit? Um, it would depend. If, they're, um, if, if they have a vision that they want to achieve, if they really want to become the hub of a community, if they, if they genuinely are serving a community mm. well, then I can help them to do that. Mm. But... Um, I can't even imagine sort of something other to, to say that it isn't something that I wouldn't serve because I, I like my all of my thinking is just focus on the, the characteristics of the type of clients that I that I serve best. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not the industry so much that would rule them out. It would be just if they don't have that that kind of approach um, and they're not looking for the same sorts of goals. Awesome. So it's almost a mindset niche. Yeah, or an intention like you, you're the people in your niche have intentions to serve the community and want to be part of the community. That is absolutely it. Yeah. Awesome. How did you figure out? Because uh, consulting is another word that a lot of people freak out about because they don't mm. really understand it. So how did you figure out that consulting was your sweet spot? Um, I've. <laughs> I've had the word consultant thrown at me. Um, as an insult a few times in my career. Oh, really? <laughs> you bloody consultants yeah. get paid too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, that that is definitely one of the negative connotations about consulting. It, it, it Usually the words highly paid precede the word consultant when people yeah. mention them. But um, mm. when I used to do primarily training before I went into tech writing, um, people would say, you know, oh, you, you sound like such a consultant. And I'm like, well, that's, yeah, maybe because I'm actually trying to understand what the problem is here and actually talking through going and building the thing that you think needs to be built but isn't actually going to get you that result that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, so it it's just – I think it's just one of those things like it's if it's in you, it's, it's in you, but um, 
it's also probably something that's in a lot more people that they haven't realized because they they we're all so geared towards like doing the thing yeah we all we all sort of get trained that you know your your value in society is if you can build things and you can create something not like not that creators are necessarily valued as highly as they should be but um you know you need to be producing something yeah um, whereas yeah people do sort of put down um consultant consulting as an as a profession um which i think is terrible because i think maybe if we had um better consulting skills um i think web um the web industry would be a lot um We'd be a lot better trusted than what it is at the moment. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it, for me, it's a it's a mind shift to go from being a technician to being a consultant. Um, we talked previously uh, last week about how um, the the money is in the strategy. Really, that mm. you know, if you list out as a technician, as a web technician, if you list out all of the deliverables that you can offer a client, you know, installing a website, setting up their theme, installing their plugins, integrating with their CMS or their CRM or whatever it is. Um, those things are, are commodities. You can go to yep. one of many marketplaces on the internet and buy an email newsletter template for $199 and it's installed in MailChimp. Whether or not that's actually going to impact your business is of no concern to the person who's done that work for you. They don't care. They're just fulfilling an order. A strategist or a consultant who designs the overall strategy and works out how the sum of all these parts is going to fit together to drive the business forward, that's actually the valuable thing that the client really needs. They don't need a bunch of tactics, right? No, precisely. Tactics only get you from, from here to there. Then strategy is sort of deciding where you actually want to end up mm. and picking the best place to be. So, oh, that's good. Um, I'm totally going to steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> tactics get you from A to B, but strategy works out where B is. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm totally stealing that. Now, now you, 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 when we spoke about this last week, you talked about the go wide, go deep technique a little bit, and you basically said that you were training a client in, in some WordPress stuff, and you just started asking them questions about, you know, who was going to use the website, like what, like who are the, who are the, obvi- who are the personas that are going to use this website? Tell us a little bit about that story. Oh gosh, um, yeah. So I, I thought I was on a winner <laughs> just at the outset. They've said. Um, can you do you know WordPress? Can you give us some help with WordPress so we can get a new website up live in time for this legislation change that's happening? And I said, sure, let's let's price it at you know X dollars for a month of unlimited training and support. And I thought I was getting a great deal out of that. Um, and true to <laughs> true to my nature, I couldn't help but over deliver and actually lead them through a process and just ask them um, an annoying amount of questions. <laughs> about um, you know, really what they actually want out of their website, what, um, how are they actually going to reach their potential customers and their current customers and actually really provide them with a service um, that was going to help them um, through a time that was actually really turbulent. Like there's a lot of change going on in that industry mm. and um, both the providers and the, the um, service users um, really had nowhere to go to to get good information about it. So I, I explained to them that um, we need to actually determine who the audience are and actually make some representations of those through creating personas. Um, and from there, we did a little bit of user research, um, just surveying the families at that point of entry to the service and finding out what questions they had and what fears they had. So some ba- really basic empathy mapping. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we kept feeding this back into then how we created the categories for the blog posts and how we labeled the, um, the pages on the top line menu, um, the sorts of how we divided up the content and how we spoke to the, um, the website audience. Mm. So as we were going through this process, there was obviously a fair bit of resistance. Like we have, we have four weeks to get this website live and online. You've just spent two of them mm. asking us questions and making us go and do other work that is not putting a website up online. Um, and okay, long story short, it turned into an amazing site. I did um, help them with a lot of building um, we did it a very quick build in Divi, which was to me just supposed to be the prototype, but because they then picked up the ball and ran with it and decided we'd have staff profile pages, we would have all the services, would have an individual page listing um, with really clear instructions on how to access these services and an online um, intake process. And that intake process was using Gravity PDF so that they actually would have a copy of their the details they've submitted for their um, inquiry as well as an information sheet on what happens next, what to expect and what they could do in the meantime. So some free services they could access while they were waiting to be assessed. Mm, that's good. Massive change in how they were viewing the website from previous. Um, and in the end, um, the CEO of the organisation came back and said, well, listen, you've actually spent far more time and effort on this project than we asked for, so here's some more money. And I said, I don't know that I can actually take that because you didn't ask me to spend all that extra time on it. I just decided it was needed. Um, so there was a, a bit of toing and froing over it, um, and it ended up leading to quite a lot more wow. um, work. It was a lot, mostly around strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and as is probably clear from how I was describing the site, my opinion of websites is that they're not just for um, static marketing, they really are a very important business tool that can support the transactions between the organization and the user and can and should support the staff of an organization in doing their work. Yeah. Um, and so it's like it's the entry point to streamline your processes. So from that, we've sort of taken on this bigger um, digital transformation project wow. and transform their internal processes. And they now have a ticketing system for customer inquiries. Um, just so many things. So it's not just about the website. If you if you sort of take this approach of um, being a consultant and adding value to them, um, to their whole organisation, then you, you could really go off in all, all directions. Mm. And I just want to clarify this because yep. um, you started out offering some WordPress training services. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't help yourself and started asking questions about, you know, like why are we doing this anyway and who are we doing it for and, you know, where, where's the end result look like and what does the future look like? And and um, uh, you sound a bit like me when I was a kid. I couldn't stop asking why. I just needed to know everything. Um, <laughs> you made some suggestions. You've optimised their intake process through online forms, which would I imagine would have saved them a lot of admin overhead oh, in the organisation. So Last week when we were talking about this, you, you said you've basically helped them switch off the phones by installing the 
the the help desk uh, uh, system, uh, which was completely out of scope, something that you just saw, mm. here's an opportunity where we can help you minimise some waste in the business and streamline the processes. And this has then gone on to become quite a, a large project, which started off as a small kind of scope to provide some WordPress training. And it was only because you were prepared to be the annoying, petulant little child who won't stop asking questions that you uncovered <laughs> all this other stuff that you could help them with, right? Yep. It, it it's in my nature like yours it's yeah. like it's just how you're made yeah, you, yeah. you can't fight that in you I think if you I can't do something without knowing why it needs to be done hmm. yeah correct so, right and I, I just think like if you, who who's not like that like hmm. who can just take an order and just go and carry it out and come back and say next order please like yeah. that's uh, plenty I, of people I can't imagine yeah, yeah, plenty, plenty can operate like that. I, I can't. I, I kind of need to know the bigger picture. Um, mm. There's something else I wanted to tap into here. Uh, so, and the go wide, go deep methodology, which is basically a, a kind of a, a questioning methodology that we teach in the blueprint, is something that you'd been practicing for a while. So you were pretty confident to just be able to execute that on the fly in sort of normal conversation. Mm. So, the word confident <laughs> brings up a lot to me. <laughs> Well, that was my next point, actually. <laughs> um, I Every time I was going in for a meeting with the clients, I was sure they were about to fire me. Right. That they were going to say, what are you even doing for us? Like, tell me what's happening. And almost every time I'd walk in, I'd get a hug from someone saying, oh, my God, this is – like this thing that you did, it's it's changed my day-to-day work experience. Like my job is so much better now because you did that thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And there's chocolates and hugs and it's, you know, wow. it's, it's warm and fuzzy. That's awesome. Um, but no, I am I am not a confident person. So what is it? Is it the – we talk a lot about the imposter syndrome at WP Elevation. It's a fairly common thing. Is that oh. is that what you experience? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think um, – yeah, there's a lot of the imposter syndrome of like, what should I even be doing? Like, why am I doing this? Why is someone giving me money to come and sit and basically listen to them? Um, it was a really hard thing to deal with. And it gets, um, the more you charge, the harder it is to overcome that because mm. the stakes are higher. Mm. So when I started using Profit First mm-hmm. um, and using it to do my um, pricing for, for my quotes, I'd look at the number and I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't ask for that much money. Mm. But then you break it down, you think, you also at the same time think, how am I actually going to make any profit out of that because it's going to take up all my time and that's mm. like, that's not profitable. Mm. So you're in between these two worlds of sort of thinking, yeah, you, you're asking too much but you're asking not enough and mm. can I deliver on that? And um, it's it's a weird it's a weird it's mental a dance. place. It's a dance, isn't it? it it's a, it's a, yeah. I find it's a dance between valuing your own time and your own experience and your own knowledge and your own worth and feeling, you know, for, for me, when I first started charging, you know, decent fees for projects, I would think I, I, I would have that voice too. I'd be like, I feel guilty about charging mm-hmm. this much. But if you know that you're delivering enough value that the client is going to get a return on that investment, even if it is saving them enough admin overhead yes. that over a period of a year might say, might in, might improve the productivity of the admin staff by forty or $50,000 over a period of 12 months, right? And you're charging five or $6,000 for a consulting day or whatever it is, whatever the numbers are, then it, it is this dance between saying, 
if I keep charging my old rate, it's not sustainable. I'm gonna run out of money. I, I'm not gonna be profitable. I'm gonna have to get a job and then I'm not gonna be able to serve any of my clients. So I, I think it's a. I think it's practice. I, for me, yeah. it was just constantly practicing um, and knowing that fortunately, um, when I was starting out, there was no such thing as WP Elevation. So I just kind of had to wing it on my own. But you did mention <laughs> last week that support from the community has been a big part in helping you get confident in delivering your value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it does help in overcoming that mental sort of being bound up that you can't feel like you can't sort of take the action because you, you, you're too yeah. um, too stuck. Um, Paralysis by analysis kind of oh, thing. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a killer. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I'm a <laughs> chronic over-researcher, over-analyzer. So, um, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, um, but, yeah, seeing – so there's lots of layers in that when I say the community support is amazing. So um, some of the layers are that you're getting to see what other people are doing and you see their journey, their growth, mm. and you can identify with the changes that people have made. It's like, well, yeah, we started at the same time or that person and I had similar challenges or were around a similar income level – um, doing or similar kinds of jobs at a certain point in time and then you see that they grow and it gives you, in a way, sort of gives you permission to do the same um, and it gives you an idea of um, what your peers are doing. So that sort of stuff is, like, that that can't be underestimated is how mm. important that is because I find in like in the real world, outside WP Elevation, people aren't as forthcoming about mm. those little details um, and I think, the Elevation Facebook group is probably one of the only places that I was able to come in and say, oh, my God, I just sent an invoice for this much money. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, like, and and everyone knows that it was a mixture of um, shock and um, being proud of myself and all this stuff rather than just coming and going, oh, look, you know, I'm making this yeah. much. And, hey, I'm hot stuff. It's, yeah. you no, know, it's not bragging because you know what's what's got into it, how much work has led up to it. Yeah. And then you know also that you've got the backing of that community. It's um, if, but they again they're your peers. So if you get stuck and you don't know what you're doing at some point, um, you can always bounce ideas off other people. Um, and people are, you know, you have it at the accountability partner through the elevation. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, the um, the blue pin. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky, they'll be with you for a long time. And I'm very lucky because my an accountability partner lives just uh, a couple of kilometres up the road. Oh, cool. Um, Judith, she's awesome. Oh, Judith, yes, she's awesome. So there, there's that. But there's also like, you know, you see the conversations that go on in, in the group and then some people might be a little bit shy, but you, there's always PMs going on in the background, yeah. um, chat groups and stuff happening. And um, people are so generous with their time and sharing their experience. And I think it's mm. because... Everybody knows how hard it is to go through each stage of growth. Um, yep. And when you've got that experience that, that has been so hard hard won, mm. um, you want to share it with other people. Yeah. You don't just want to sit on it and, you know, I um, I think the first time I started studying IT, um, I, so I dropped out of an arts degree in about 95 a writing degree because it made me not want to write ever, ever again. <laughs> um, so I went off to TAFE and did an IT course. And even though a lot of the things I was doing I'd never seen before, um, 
I still found that the best way for me to learn was by teaching other people. Mm. So I was helping out other people in the classroom. Um, and I did go on to being a trainer and doing a lot more with IT and stuff. So it's, it's again, it's one of those things in the personality you just can't avoid doing. But um, I think in in the Facebook group, in the WP Elevation community, there's a lot of that mentality happening that yep. people, you, you really bed down what you've learned by teaching it to other people and sharing. So um, a lot of people post stuff like just, you know, hey, I had this problem, like many case studies, like I had this problem, mm. this is what I did and this is how it turned out, like for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, and it, so it's not just a, a mindless, you know, um, what do they call them, vacuum chambers where people are just like, it's just all mindless applause in yeah, some places yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not like uh, that at all. People will, come, people will still shoot you down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's no... And it's a great, I think it's a great platform to one of the things we don't do as small business owners or freelancers is celebrate the wins. We're always striving to like get to the next level and beating ourselves up because we're not growing fast enough or we've made a mistake or we've screwed something up. And I think the Facebook community is a great platform to celebrate the wins and get that applause when you need it, but also give back, uh, share your successes and, as you say, teach what you've learned, which is a, a way of clarifying and, you know, kind of acknowledging, yeah, I have learned this stuff and now I've taught other people and, and that kind of makes it a, it kind of makes it real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally real. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of other things uh, in the time that we've got here is um, one of the things you talked about with one of your clients was that the idea of building up little wins and gaining trust along the way. Can you just talk to that for a second? Uh, yep. So... You sort of go for, um, I guess we, we take a sort of like the 80-20 approach. Yeah, which um, is the next point I've got here, actually. Is it? Oh, good. Yeah, nice segue. Perfect. Perfect, yeah, yeah. So you look for the stuff that's really in their face, like, you know, the, the stone in the shoe sort of thing. It's mm. like, it's bugging me day to day. And you try to do something that um, makes a positive impact on that with the least amount of effort. So that was the thing with the case of the, the phones and the ticketing system. Mm. Um, let's, you know, we could have spent a couple of months writing up a, um, a business case for it to say, here's all of the requirements and here's how we will use it and here's, um, you know, the 10 best options on the market and pros and cons of each. Um, well, we sort of sidestepped that and said, okay, we're going to experiment here. So I love experimenting. It's been my word of the year yeah. and Going back to the imposter syndrome thing, this this kills imposter syndrome. If you think of everything as an experiment and you're gathering data yes. to make a better decision, the pressure is off. Like, totally. you feel, like it's so liberating. You can do anything you want and it's all an experiment. And if it works out, you're, you're awesome. And if it doesn't work out, great, you've learned something for the next iteration. You can yeah. do it better this time. Love it. Love it. I love that mindset. It's awesome. It is the best. That is what has changed everything for me. Um, for in this year, I think that's that's that was the massive tip turning point. Mm. Um, so, with the um, help desk, I was sorry with the ticketing system. It's not really a help desk as such. Um, I just said, well, let's get a free, <laughs> a free um, cloud based app. So we'll do. Um, I think we went with Freshdesk. Mm. So like we'll set up the six most um, heavy users of um, the sort of. Um, phone calls, people who, who receive most of the messages. Mm -hmm. So that was the back office staff and the um, front desk receptionist. Mm -hmm. We decided that the volume of calls going through to the other team, the actual therapists, were too low to warrant 
them actually being trained on it and having to learn a new system because the burden of that was, mm. you know, this much and the potential return for them was actually a lot less. Yeah. Um, so we figured that the the best one we could deliver to them was to actually stop them having to answer the phone. Right. And the way to do that, we just switched the phones in their offices and we only um, allowed the phone to ring at the front desk and with the aim of obviously handling the call well, but um, taking the approach that we could return the call at a time when things were quieter and sort of batch that stuff. Um, so we just said, well, let's, let's run this for like a month, see how it goes, um, get some data, see how many calls are coming in, um, what kind of um, messages people are taking, who the calls are for. And then it was very clear out of that who the calls were for and um, they, on their own back, they actually went and made um, a resource to actually help the new receptionist because they had a, a temp receptionist hiding just for the experiment and now they're keeping her and it makes me very happy. <laughs> um, they have like an if if this, then that chart. So I explained, you know, in if you ever ask me for anything, I'm going to tell you the answer is going to be if, if this, then that table, because that's what tech writers do. We put everything into yep. a table, yep. makes it clear as yep. you can find whatever information you need. So it's, if this is the inquiry or this is what's happened, yep. then do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice summarised thing. And um, so the general manager sat down with the receptionist and um, another customer service person and they documented all of, all of the things. And... Um, they decided that you know, whenever um, someone was calling to follow up another call that they'd have to leave notes to say that that had happened, um, but that they weren't using the full integration of everything. Um, and that, yeah, it, it was a transformational experience for them. Fantastic. They just couldn't understand how much more professional they felt as an organisation and this, the quality of service they could deliver was um, just amplified so much. It was brilliant. Um and no one else in their industry was actually is using similar tools, so mm. it really sets them apart. Mm. Um, so now we're at the point where we can actually go the next phase, which is integrating um, the web form and email inquiry box into the same unified inbox Beautiful. For, the, for the front desk person to manage everything in one location. Um, so that's the next step. And then the step beyond that is have we outgrown Freshdesk? Is there a better solution out there for us? that could perhaps integrate with their CRM a bit better and things like that. So this. now you're having a conversation about which digital platform to use, rather do we get off the phones and go digital, you're having a more meaningful conversation about the right yeah. digital tool. Yeah, because they have the data to actually make a good yeah, decision. Yeah. They can actually see what their actual requirements are rather than speculating. So if you are start of the project and you know you want to get from here to this result, it sometimes is better to go with it. Like as, as important as the strategy is, to, to guide the whole process, you do still need to employ some sort of tactical level stuff where it's mm. like, well, let's just let's just try this little step and then we'll try this little step. But each step is more certain and more confident because it's built on the experience of the previous step. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, final thing I want to touch on here, which I think is really where the rubber kind of hits the road and the ultimate value or benefit that you've been providing your clients. You spoke about uh, one client here, he said, the marketing of the organization, the note I wrote here is the marketing of the organization is being reflected in better relationships with their suppliers, consumers, and their partners. And that there's just like a renewed confidence within the organization about the way they're presenting themselves to the outside world. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that one particular client, they um, nobody knew what they did. Right. Wow. In wow. short, it's like they they existed. Uh, they would have referral partners in the community, um, but the users or potential service users being referred to them had no idea what they could actually expect um, and why they should actually follow through on the referral. And the referrals were often falling into holes and not actually necessarily being um, delivered on. So um, there was, yeah, there was a, a, um, a lot of uncertainty. They didn't know um, how they were going to continue to attract new users to the service. Um, and then on the other side of the website, once that was delivered, they were feeling very positive about how they were communicating their messages and the value that they added, um, that they they started attracting interest for much, like, substantially larger funding programs. I'm talking seven-figure funding packages were, wow. were being discussed with them. They haven't actually won one of those yet, but that's what they're now looking at, and they previously were looking at five-figure funding packages before. So they have just taken a massive leap in um, their morale of, of how they see themselves, the work that they're doing individually and the work that the organisation does. So um, that's that's really amazing. I feel so proud to have had just some part in doing that um, and helping them to overcome the notion that a not-for-profit doesn't need to market themselves. Mm. I love it, and I, I, I was going to say that must you just answered the question. I was going to say it must be very rewarding. It must be must feel very rewarding for you. It is. It is so rewarding mm. compared to where I was at like two years ago, doing websites that should have happened in half or a quarter of the time for clients who didn't want to spend the money on the site at all. Mm. They hated the fact that they were even having to go through that process. Yeah, it's a grudge buy. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's like your phone contract and things like that. People yeah. don't want to spend the money on it. It's just like it just should be there or I shouldn't have to worry about it. And the time and the angst that they get because this is so foreign to so many people, they just want to get on with doing their business. They just want to do the thing that they're good at. Mm. So it just brings up so much, um, oh, just like conflict. There's so much conflict around those projects I found and I'm I'm not geared mm. for <laughs> dealing with conflict. So, um it was really draining and the money at the end of the day was a pittance compared to the effort I was putting in and it was being wasted on people who effectively treated me like they hated me. Mm. It, it was just so awful. So, And now, two years later, it's like these people get excited when I'm coming in. They, they call on other people. They show me off to visiting um, people in their industry We come and they can talk about the work that we've done in um, – you know, in amazing, like not just glowing terms, but actually talking about it as though you and I would have a conversation about a project like that. So they, I feel great that they've actually had an education in this. Um, and one of my favourite things to do is that building capacity. So they they can actually carry on once once we finish setting up all these systems, and they understand the strategies. I know that they can keep on with this work because they understand the importance of it and what they get out of it. Awesome. It's just like it just gets you right in the feels, you know. Awesome. It's so, it's so cool. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Jasmine Andrews, where can people reach out and say thank you for this and connect with you online? Um, 
gosh, loads of places. So I, I run um, two brands. So I've split off um, my smaller sites into a brand called the WP Lounge. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I'm most active on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, my other brand for consulting is called Brain Candy Consulting, uh, which is at braincandy.com.au. And just like every good web professional, my website's still under development. <laughs> Um, I need to hire an elevator to help me with that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but if you want to reach out, I'm at um, hello at braincandy.com.au. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us here at WP Elevation. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you evolve over the last couple of years and uh, I look forward to running into you again at a WordPress meetup or a WordCamp <laughs> shortly. Same here. Thank you so much, Tori. To, like, to you and your team and the whole community, it's like um, it's yeah, amazing how much I've grown as a person as a result of being involved with WP Elevation. It's just, I can't even put it into words. So thank you so much. It's great to hear. Thank you. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. There is just tons of gold in that content. Uh, thank you. Big thank you to Jasmine Andrews for sharing so openly and so generously with us here on the show. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, get on over to iTunes and subscribe at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. If you're not an Apple user, you can find us at Stitcher Radio, wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you find us. It really does help us come up in the search results. And we read all of the reviews. We love your feedback. We love hearing uh, what you want to hear next on the podcast. And you can find our blog at wpelevation.com. I look forward to speaking with you again on the show soon. Until then, my name's Troy Dean. Go Elevate.